give you one day a cycle to do anything you want to do that will help you understand better, comprehend better, produce Spanish in written form, in spoken form, to have conversations, to watch a movie, to anything that you can do that you find motivating, that you feel intrinsic motivation about, something you want to explore, something you want to learn about, something you are curious about, something you want to try out of a wacky idea that you may have, it may end up well, it may not. And if it doesn't, we change. Basically, give them full um, control of what they did, only having that one end goal, uh, at the end of the thing, which was basically do something that will help you become a better Spanish speaker. My name is Rob Van Nood. And I'm Jeffrey Silverstein. You're listening to Elevate, a podcast about big ideas, little projects, and everything in between. Educators and students share their short, elevator pitch-sized stories to raise your awareness of all the interesting things that are going on here at Catlin Gable School. In this episode of Elevate, I begin a two-part series on the use of Genius Hour in the upper school Spanish classes. I talk with upper school Spanish teacher Enrique Escalona about why he has decided to give up 20% of his class time to let students explore anything they want. So this all started, I think, about six years ago, maybe seven. I don't, I don't remember that well. When I, when I started working in the upper school, and I was thinking in, you know, in what ways I could uh, change what we had been doing in languages um, traditionally. Uh, we were in a moment in which we were all kind of wondering what the next thing was going to be. It was the time of our previous um, self-study, visiting team, reaccreditation process. And one of the ideas was, are we going to continue doing what we've been doing for so long already? Or are we going to start looking into what other people are doing? What other ideas are out there? Um, then, you know, this, the school core values started being more apparent to us, particularly the spirit of inquiry was something that, that kind of popped in my head because we were thinking, okay, so as language teachers, we're not really tied to talking about topic A, B, and C. To be honest, the topic doesn't matter. We're just here to, to learn the language, to learn how to use the language pragmatically how to talk to other people so what can we do to actually talk about this rather than doing all these things that we've been doing uh, so one of the th ideas was to to move away from a grammatically driven curriculum learn this tense then this tense then that tense into a more proficiency driven curriculum learn not so much how not to learn about the language which we did before but learn how to use the language in pragmatic situations. And, and that started moving things in a different direction for us. And that, at the same time, I was thinking about things like inquiry and languages. And I remember we had the conversations about uh, intrinsic motivation in the upper school and, and why certain students who seem capable of doing really well they end up not doing that well because there's a lack of motivation, where that motivation comes from, and what all those problems are. So I decided to, to take a leap of faith and ask my students six years ago, um, I'm going to do in this class like they do in Google, 
which they give 20% of their time to, not to everybody, to be honest. It's not everybody who gets the 20%, but some people do get the 20% of their time to work on something that has nothing to do with the requirement of their job. And all that Google asks in exchange is a product at the end, an idea, something to deliver. Um, things like Google Translate came out of this, for instance, uh, as many other Google tools. They came out of someone having 20% of their time to do something that they that it was not part of their contract. So I told the students, our contract is to learn Spanish, to, to, to practice Spanish, to become more confident uh, with Spanish. And in order to do this, I'm going to give you one day a cycle to do anything you want to do that will help you understand better, comprehend better, produce Spanish in written form, in spoken form, to have conversations, to watch a movie, to anything that you can do that you find motivating, that you feel intrinsic motivation about, something you want to explore, something you want to learn about, something you are curious about, something you want to try out of a wacky idea that you may have. It may end up well, it may not. And if it doesn't, we change. Basically, give them full um, control of what they did, only having that one end goal uh, at the end of the thing, which was basically do something that will help you become a better Spanish speaker. And, um, and you know, certain things worked and certain things didn't. And some students changed their projects different times all throughout the year. Um, but what I realized is that the really, really good things that happened, I realized that they wouldn't have happened any other way. Uh, certain experiences the, the students have had, I don't think I would have never been able to offer that in a traditional class or in a regular class or regular non-traditional proficiency-driven class. Uh, it was something that really came out of their um, their interest, their things they really wanted to do. Um, at the same time, sometimes the product or the end goals were pretty mediocre and some kids kind of wasted their time. I still think that in those occasions, um, particularly if we kept that project of Genius Hour year after year, the second year these students approached the Genius Hour from a different perspective. And I do remember some conversations with some students who already graduated thinking, if I only knew you know, the first time that we started doing this, what I could have achieved or what we could have done, I kind of felt I wasted, um, you know, all that time. I actually believe that they did not waste anything. I think that that was a moment of realization, and it was probably necessary for them to have the sense of, I wasted all this time, you know, I don't know, playing video games or watching stupid shows. Um, but that moment of realization was already key, at least from my point of view. I kind of feel that sometimes we don't give the our students enough opportunities to fail you know and we have a number of safety nets all the time in place which is a good thing on the other hand but sometimes it's good to take a fall and hurt and learn from it you know so next time that you walk from the same area you may be more careful or you may approach things differently yeah could I, can so, I ask a question mm -hmm. about that yeah um, so I'm imagining um, just kind of the the place you are as a teacher, and traditionally, you know, in a school maybe like Cal and Gable or any school, it's like uh -huh. you're responsible for, for these kids, and you're now saying you can do whatever. 
did you say you can be anywhere on campus or do they have to stay in the classroom? Um, and the second part of that question is, um, let's say they just watch video games or watch stupid shows. Mm -hmm. Did you not do anything? Did you just kind of wait and, and allow yourself to kind of watch? I'm curious. Yeah. And I think because mm -hmm. that's a big question people always yeah. feel. is like, Absolutely. how can you just let them yeah. do whatever? Because they're going to do nothing yeah. or some of them will. Yeah, so so uh, I I had the let's say the um, the task of thinking of structuring this in a way that gave him enough freedom and still a minimal accountability. So yes, they do have the freedom to go out of the classroom, go somewhere else to work, uh, work by themselves, work in groups, work in one more than one project at the same time, uh, work with kids from other courses in Spanish French Chinese anybody work about stuff that they that they feel connected with some students really love history some students love writing poetry some students love doing creative things you know use all that stuff that you that you really like the only thing that I decided to put into the structure was that every four um, genius hour day they would have to check in with the whole class and tell everyone what is it that I'm doing and have a little self-reflection about it. So this is what the project, this is what I was um, hoping that this project would give me as a student of Spanish. Uh, is working, is not working, I think I'm going to change. I would love to find other people who are interested in this area so I can work with them as well. I don't know. So a moment of self-reflection and a moment also to show everyone else what is it that they're doing. Um, those kids who were not really taking full advantage of this, I think that it served them. Um, having this moment of self-reflection was was positive for them to really realize, like eh, maybe maybe I should do something more than what I'm doing or something different. And eventually it did. Eventually it turned into different projects, different things, and and a bit more productive stuff. But at the same time, I feel that if this is not if a genius hour. Um, offer is not fully free it's not fully you know if, if you don't give them the freedom to do really anything they want I don't think it would work like putting a lot of scaffolding and putting a lot of uh, normative things and telling them you know you're gonna have to end up with a three-page uh, writing essay on what your project is looking like then it's all going to end up being about that three-page essay it's not about the you know, the whole exploring, wondering, designing, creatively thinking, um, it's not going to have those components. It's going to be focused on that one product that you're asking them, which is a normative product. And I don't think that would be, that would be a good idea. How do we help develop that mentality with teachers to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to set up all these guidelines? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. What do you? What would you say to your colleagues? To, to I mean, is it just like you said at the beginning, a, a kind of a leap of faith that you have to trust that this will work? It is a leap of faith. It's still a leap of faith because we don't really have a, a full system that supports this. Uh, this for most students, this is the first time they've had that chance. I think that if at some point this becomes a cultural thing, if we start doing it since early uh, in, in their educational process, I think that they would be so much more used to this and they would know that this is my opportunity to do something I want to do. 
uh, for this subject or for that subject, for this class, for that class. Um, fifth grade are doing it right now. I, I, I think that there are other people that probably would be interesting, interested uh, in, in doing something like this. And I think that the more we do it, the better it's going to become. It's going to become part of the school culture, and it will be understood as an opportunity to actually do something really cool, not to you know, hide somewhere and play video games. Um, which at the same time, I mean, like, clearly some sometimes or in a number of occasions, the results of, of Genius Hours have been quite mediocre. But so is in a regular class as well. Um, if I give him a very structured class about learning A, B, and C content, and, you know, I'm always going to have mediocre results as well. going to have some kids who are attuned to this kind of learning and they're going to do great and some kids who will not do great uh, with genius hours is exactly the same some kids will find quickly what they want to do and they will take full responsibility and they will be invested and committed in doing it some kids it will take some more time i think that even with mediocre results in the long run this will be an opportunity for those kids who feel demotivated because what we're doing in class does not talk to them, that not, does not speak to them, it's not interesting, it's not relevant. Um, so they have a chance to change that and do something that they want to do. And it takes a bit of exploration, and it takes patience, and it takes a little bit of, okay, you're doing a pretty crappy job as of now. <laughs> maybe things will change. Maybe, you know, pretty soon you may realize that you're wasting this opportunity and, and do something else. I, I, that's, that's my hope. And that's still part of the leap of faith um, thing that I was talking about before. I think it's a matter of time. It's a matter of creating culture about this. And so when, when you share this with colleagues, I mean, you, clearly you share it with colleagues in mm -hmm. your department. Yep. What is what is rep responses? What have you you've seen? Yeah. I mean, you were saying that almost nobody's doing it. Um, do you feel like yeah, like what well, what's preventing mm -hmm. people from even your your colleagues in in your department yeah, from I, making that same leap? I mean, th there are a number of of colleagues interested. I think that there's always the fear that using time to do this is going to take away time from covering this and that. Um, I think that's a fear we have to live with. I think that there's there's always something that is going to be a, a, an obstacle for us to continue doing what we've been doing for years. So it's really a matter of, of selecting what is it that is essential for this class and can I actually dispose of 20% of my time in class to give the kids this opportunity or not? In my case, it's a clear yes. I have no doubt that I may not be able to, to explain very well what happened in Argentina or in Chile with dictatorships, or I may not be able to explain this one grammatical concept as, as, as much in depth as I used to, but I still think that that 20% will be, in most cases, extremely valuable for, for the student learning, for the student motivation particularly. So uh, I think this is my last question. Mm -hmm. um, what do you spend your time doing while they're doing their genius hour? How, how do you spend that 20% of time? Uh, I just I just actually spend a whole period with uh, my Spanish 4 uh, block 5 right now. And about 80, 85% of the kids, like out of 19 kids, I think I had 16, 15 in the classroom having conversations. You know, and, and today one of the groups were to was talking about Eurovision, <laughs> this, this really wacky uh, music show, and they were having a conversation in Spanish about it. They were recording the conversation as well so they could use it as evidence of their learning. Um, 
which is, by the way, another goal of, 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 of this Genius Hour project. Like, whatever you do in Spanish, use it as evidence of your learning, just like a test, just like a quiz, just like a task in class, just like homework. Uh, it's yet another evidence that they're, you know, demonstrating their learning. So I was with them, and I, shall, I, I share a couple of stories, personal stories with me with Eurovision, with this... Uh, pathetic show <laughs> that I love, by the, by the way. Um, at the same time, there were two uh, kids interested in, in learning about this tower that is being built somewhere. I think it's Qatar, but I'm not sure. It's uh, designed by, by a Spanish architect, and they were really looking at all the elements. It's pretty much 60% built out of plastic, it mm. seems. Something really strange. But that's what they wanted to, to, to do. They're exploring architecture and how things are looking like for, for architecture in the Spanish-speaking world, whether it's about architects or places where they're building things. Um, there, was, there were two kids writing the script for a telenovela, uh, which they're hoping to record. I don't think they're going to have time. <laughs> they're hoping to record. But maybe it'll be a project to continue next year. That's the thing that if we continue doing this year after year, we don't really have to limit ourselves to what we can do within the academic year. We can actually extend it two, three, or up to four years if, if you start with a project as a, as a, as a freshman, um, which also gives you know, limitless opportunities to work on something that may take a number of years to get to. Um, hopefully, more people will be on board about doing this. It's Honestly, for me, it's been not completely successful. I, I will not lie. It's not 100% success, but it's much more successful than traditional uh, class. Well, thanks, Enrique, for sitting mm -hmm. down. This has uh, been very enlightening. And right. um, I encourage people to listen to episode two, where we actually I sit down with uh, Seth and Avi, uh -huh. who are... Uh, current students, but yep. moving on, they're seniors, and they're gonna mm -hmm. they're gonna talk about um, their project that lasted three years and, and yep. really came out of this genius hour. Mm -hmm. so thanks a That's lot right. for sitting. Down. Thank you so much, Rob, for the opportunity. Okay. <laughs>